turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. One of the most striking things about Christians today is an apparent laziness when it comes to knowing and living in the precepts of God as He has set before us. It's almost as if we're traveling through life half asleep, unaware of the impact we should be having on the world. Listen to today as Pastor Rander addresses this apparent lethargy in this message, it's time for the church to wake up, stand up, and fight for the cause of Christ. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. There are many who have family members who have chosen a homosexual lifestyle. We must display an unconditional love of Christ and seek to win them to Christ. And you will not win those who are sinful to Christ by bashing them, beating them, calling them names, avoiding them, treating them like they are not even a human. That is pride, my friends. My friend, let's go on. Same-sex marriage is not a true marriage because it violates natural law and more importantly, God's law. It offends God. We must consider the candidate's position on this critical issue in the upcoming election. You say, what, how, do, how do you know? Because of Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, it says, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Romans 1, 26 and 27 says, For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Isaiah 528 also says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. God created marriage to be between one man and one woman and having children exclusively within that relationship only. Just because the Supreme Court has sanctioned same-sex marriage does not mean we as Christians have to embrace or accept it. They They are not the ultimate law. God is the ultimate law. All this is being done in the name of tolerance and equality while the law of God is being discarded. In America, the Ten Commandments have been removed from many public facilities. Beloved, the Bible is the eternal truth that does not change in the midst of a changing culture. I say it again. The Bible. Say Bible is the eternal truth that does not change in the midst of a changing culture. My friend, Psalms 119, 142 says, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your law is truth. Your law is truth. Psalms 119, 160 says, the entirety, all of this book 
All of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. I love what the gospel of Mark chapter 13 verse 31 says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. My friends, we must stand against the sin. Here's another one. We must stand against the sin of gender uh, identity and bathroom laws. That's a sin. Texas and 12 other states have joined in the battle with North Carolina against the freedom, against the federal government's encroachment on transgender bathroom laws. The Texas Attorney General is joining with the attorneys general and governors from 11 other states to file a brief in federal court to block a U.S. Justice Department's challenge to North Carolina's House Bill 2. This bill states that transgender people must use the bathroom coinciding with their sex on their birth certificate, not as they outwardly portray themselves. And as a result, look what's happening to that state. Economic pressure has been applied to the state of North Carolina by canceling major sporting events. Because they won't abide by the bathroom laws, the NBA All-Star pull the game. Now, why are they in that? They ought to play basketball and go on to the next city. Uh, the, the Atlantic Coast Conference has canceled 16 college football bowl games because of the bathroom law. And popular singers have canceled their concert because of the bathroom law, resulting in millions of dollars in lost revenue. All in an effort to force the state to rescind the law. You see where this is going? In, in another case of transgender identity, pr- privacy policies prevent schools from informing parents of the gender identity of students who will be rooming together overnight on field trips. Therefore, a male student who identifies as a female can room with a female student without the female student's parents being informed. There are also cases in America and other parts of the world where parents are refusing to identify their child's own gender, saying that they will allow the child to decide their own gender at a later time, even though it's obvious at birth what their sex is. They may change their sex, but God still sees them as he originally created them to be. Unless those who do such wicked things repent, they will die in their sins and receive eternal judgment from God. Another issue we must deal with is we must protect the sanctity of life. We live in a culture of death that promotes euthanasia and physician assistant suicide. The recent healthcare decision states that contraceptive methods, which includes abortion, must be provided. We should vote to end abortion and taxpayer funding of it. Taxpayers should not have to fund the abortion law, the killing of babies. Now we have the wicked and damnable death by gender which is a sex-selective abortion. Sex-selective abortion. A baby should not die just because of his gender. 
You say, where is that in the scripture? I'll show you. Exodus chapter one, verses 15 through 17 says, then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom the name of one was Shifra and the name of the other Puah. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. See that? But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. Nothing new under the sun. That's called sex selective abortion. But I love, but I love verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. Wow. What we need today are more Christians like the midwives who had a reverential fear of God and we and were willing to do whatever it took to save babies. Life begins at conception. Life begins at conception. There has to be life in the womb before there can be life outside the womb. Since Roe versus Wade was enacted in 1973, it is estimated that nearly 60 million babies have been murdered through abortion. And who knows how many more have gone undocumented. Psalms 139 verses 13 through 16 says, for you, that's all of us, you For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. God did. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance. It's so the, 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 the sperm fertilizing the egg being yet unformed and in your book they are they all are written the day's fashion for me when as yet there were none of them beloved the greatest injustice is not to allow a baby to be born to not allow a baby to be educated to not allow a baby to be rich Poor, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Jew, uh, even born with a physical disability. The Bible says in Exodus 20, 13, you shall not murder. And abortion is murder. After Cain killed his brother Abel, God said in Genesis chapter 4, verse 10, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And you talking about all those babies being killed. Their blood are crying out to God and God hears the voices of the victim of those murdered babies. Church, the blood of multitudes of innocent babies are crying out to God from the ground. If my mother had aborted me, she would have murdered a gospel preacher and I would not be preaching to you today. What if your mama uh, murdered you? You wouldn't be sitting here saying amen today. If you can, (laughs) abortion always takes, let me tell you something about abortion. Abortion always takes the life of an innocent human being made in the image of God. Let me tell you something about abortion. The, the, The abortion procedure itself can have enormous mental and physical consequences for the mother. 
Let me tell you another stat on abortion. abortion. I have many more, but time won't permit. Teenagers who aborted are 10 times more likely to attempt suicide than teens who have not had an abortion. To those of you in the congregation and radio listening audience, allow me to share a word of comfort and hope for those of you who have had abortions in the past. Abortion is not the unpardonable sin. Okay? Abortion is not the appointable sin. Therefore, you must cry out to God, confess and plead the blood of Jesus Christ over the sin of abortion. You need to repent and turn to Jesus and he will forgive and remember your sins no more. You say, how do you know that? Because of Hebrews 10, 17, which says, then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Uh, Next, we must actively stand against rampant sin in the church. That's why America is in the condition she's in is because of the state of the church. Not only is America plunging downward to new depths of moral decadence, but the church herself stands in desperate need to return to biblical truth, righteousness, justice, and holiness. Churches are no longer influencing our culture as Christ intended, but rather the culture is influencing the church. Because of sin and moral scandals in the church, there is little difference between the morals of many churches in America and the morals of the unchurch and the unbelievers. The church has become the safest place to sin without consequences. I say it again. The church has become the safest place to sin without consequences. Do you not know 1 Peter 4, 17 says, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? My friends, our only hope is an infusion of the gospel in our churches, which will bring about a spiritual awakening in our nation. However, in order to call this nation to repentance and spiritual awakening, the church must be awakened from sleep. The church must be awakened from lethargy, apathy, complacency, and be an army of light in a dark and decadent world. America is in the shape she's in because the church has compromised the gospel. Very little gospel is being preached. Where are the messages like this? The mouths of preachers have been hushed. The, the, the word has been forsaken and the church has gone to sleep. Beloved, if the church does not wake up, if the church does not rise up, if the church does not fight for the cause of Christ in this country, there is no hope for America. Our passivity, our attitude, behavior in the church, and how we conduct ourselves as ambassadors in this world will determine whether God will bless us or curse us as individuals and as a nation. Romans 13, 11, which is our text says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. I'm almost done. We must not allow the great commission to become the great omission. That's a sin. If you allow the great commission to become the great omission, that's a sin and God will judge us. If Christians were as passionate, listen to this closely. If Christians were as passionate about soul winning, 
uh, winning folk to Christ as they were about their politics, we could turn this world upside down for Jesus. I say it again. If Christians were as passionate about winning souls to Christ as they were about their politics, we would turn the country upside down for Jesus. Noah Webster, textbook pioneer and political writer, wrote in 1823, and the words still ring true today in 2016. In selecting men for office, let principle be your guide. Regard not the particular set or denomination of the candidate, look to his character. Scripture teach that rulers should be men who rule in the fear of God, able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness. When a citizen gives his vote to a man of known immorality, he abuses his civic responsibility, he sacrifices not only his interests, but that of his neighbor. He betrays the interests of his country, unquote, by Noah Webster's way back then. Number eight, we must refuse to allow Satan to to use false pastors. Listen, we must refuse to allow Satan to use false pastors, preachers, and teachers to seduce the church, which has rendered her ineffective and impotent. God will judge churches who fail to protect the church from false doctrine and counterfeit pastors. The nation of Israel suffered divine judgment and was taken into captivity because the prophets in their day preached false and deceptive messages which were from Satan and not from God. In the poor pits all around the country, so many have false preachers and false pastors and false shepherds. Many are preaching, name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Prosperity and self-help messages. Motivational speeches without Christ. Feel good messages to tickle your fancy. Soft and watered down messages with absolutely no substance or conviction. Isaiah chapter 62 verses 6 and 7 says, I have posted watchmen on your wall. Jerusalem, they will never be silent day or night. You who call on the name of the Lord, give yourself no rest and give him no rest till he established Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Lamentation 2.14 also says, your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive vision. They have not uncovered your iniquity to bring back your captives, but have envisioned for you false prophecies and delusions. Pastors and the church of the living God must not compromise the truth but rather stand up and boldly proclaim the truth of God's word to a rebellious and wicked generation. Listen at this passage. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 8 says, for if the trumpet, listen, for if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? If the church is to wake up If the church is to stand up, if the church is to fight for the cause of Christ, then pastors must not fail to biblically educate the church on controversial issues even during the election season. We must not fear the negative backlash from congregants. 
We must not fear influential people in the church. We must not fear loss of tithes and offerings because of what's being preached in the name of Jesus in the pulpit. We must refuse to be intimidated, being reprimanded by the powers that be in the church because they have a viewpoint which is more aligned with the secular worldview than a biblical worldview. No longer are pastors to be held captive by fear. We must preach the truth boldly without compromise. There will never be a spiritual awakening in the church until pastors are unmuzzled in the pulpit. I say it again in the name of Jesus. There will never be a spiritual awakening in the church until pastors are unmuzzled in the pulpit. Many pastors are persecuted, threatened to be fired and abused and insurance taken away simply because they preach the truth. Only then will the church affect this nation for righteousness. Martin Luther King Jr. said, and I quote, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Listen at this verse, Jeremiah chapter one, verse 17 says, get yourself ready. Are you listen? Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. And that's what I'm doing right now. Do not be terrified by them. And I'm not afraid of your faces. You keep on frowning. I'm going to preach longer. Start smiling. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. In other words, if I don't preach, God says, I'm going to terrify you, Randa, right before them. I'm going to whip you down. I'm going to beat you down because I put too much gospel in you for you to be afraid of ugly faces. At the end of the day, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? What are you all stressed out over? Why is your blood pressure up during the election? Daniel gives us the key. Daniel 2.21 says, and he changes the times and the season. Changes are coming. He removes kings. It's God who removes kings. And it's God who raises them up. You say he raises up wicked folk? Yeah, because the people get so bad off. He said, I'm going to give you somebody worse than you. I'm going to give you somebody worse than this. Since you won't follow me, since you discard the Ten Commandments, since you don't want to God with trust, I'm going to give you somebody that make you groan and moan all over the place. I'm going to make you sick on your own choices. Beloved, if you would only keep in mind that it is God who removes kings and presidents and queens or whatever they are, and it is God who raises them up. You will be less frustrated. You will be less stressed, worried, and fearful. Therefore, trust God, know the issues, pray, vote, and leave the consequences to God. Refuse to allow the elections to steal your joy. Some of you, you, you mad, you miserable, you depressed, you all bit out of shape. Get, are you crazy? Listen, get over yourself. Ask God to restore your joy. God is sovereign. He's in control. Everything operates under his feet. Do I have a witness here? Refuse to let the election steal your joy. What should matter most to you is having a personal relationship with Christ. Some of you are pushing candidates and you don't even know Jesus. What you need to push is Jesus and being a spiritual covering for your family in this wicked and perverted generation. As 
Christians, we must rest in God's divine sovereignty, knowing that he is in absolute control. It doesn't matter who's in office. God is in control. I close with this. Unless we as a nation repent and return to Christ, America will never be great. But rather, America will face imminent judgment from Almighty God and take her place on the ash heap of history because she has turned her back on him. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven and forgive their sins and heal America and all God's children said, I praise God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I preach my heart out because I love the people so much. So many are confused, wiped out by what they're seeing in the political soap opera that's unfolding right before our eyes. So many are discouraged that they won't even vote, which is a which is a bad decision in itself. We must fight for not only our generation, but for generations to come. Father, you said your people perish because of a lack of knowledge. May that never be true for Maranatha. I have preached the truth. I have given scriptures because I love your name, love your church. Love your people. May they, their eyes be open and not be deceived by all the muscling and forget the policies that are underneath the mudslinging that would dictate the future of this country. And most of all, Father, it is our prayer that people wake up, rise up, stand up, and fight for Christ, your church, your word and our future posterity. In Jesus' name. And all God's children say it. In today's message, we come to the realization both biblically and personally that we sometimes fall short of standing up for Jesus. How can we be Christ-like if we're only doing what we feel comfortable with rather than doing all that God has called us to do? What then shall we do with Jesus who is called Christ? Go all the way with him. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109 directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.